Do you have alternative ways to cook food if you couldn't use your stove or oven? We will look at many different alternatives, but with a twist. Hey, this is episode 772 of the Ready Your Future podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you prepare for a better future. It's all about loving your people, getting prepared, and living free. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, a regular guy living in the suburbs who understands the need to be better prepared for the future. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge in 2023? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top preparedness articles from around the internet sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top preparedness articles is in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode. Before we jump in, I want to give a big shout out to Megan for buying me four coffees over at Buy Me a Coffee. I greatly appreciate it. When I see those come through, it always means a whole lot. So thank you, Megan, for doing that. Hey, this week in the little house in the big woods, uh, I guess in in the uh, chronicles here that we're (laughs) we're going through, uh, this chapter was called Sundays. And so it was really interesting, at least, you know, for especially for a minister to kind of be listening to this one. The chapter really starts out on Saturday evening as they are getting ready. They're going through their bathing ritual in the winter time. And so because it's winter time, Paul has to go out and get snow and they melt it so that everyone can take their bath. So you can imagine what a long process that is and where you need to go, you know, you need to start to get that done. But then they go into this, the Sabbath, right? Or they won't really call it a Sabbath, but it's the Sabbath, basically. And it's their Sunday. And the thing that I thought was really interesting, and I don't remember this the first time that uh, it was read to me, is they couldn't do anything but sit and listen to Ma read the Bible and other stories about animals in another book that, that Paul had. It's not like they had an extensive library. But they, they couldn't do, they couldn't play with their dolls. They could, you know, Laura could hold her doll, but couldn't play with her doll. They just had to sit there. You know, they could ask questions, but that's kind of the way it was. And so you just remember, uh, I, I guess it kind of goes back to my own childhood, going back to, to church. Uh, when we were young, going to church, being uh, a youngster, we didn't go early enough to go to Sunday school, but we would go in, in church and they didn't have children's church like they do nowadays. And I, to be honest with you, as a minister, I don't, I don't believe in children's church, but we had to sit there quietly while we listened to the sermons. And sometimes we would draw on you know the church bulletin or whatever it was. But for the most part, we listened. And even at a young age, I remember listening to the messages. And of course, the, the more entertaining ones, the pastors that were a little bit more entertaining, you know, kind of stick with you a little bit more. But I remember even at an early age, I was able to do that. So I really don't believe in children's church the way that we do it nowadays. Um, I actually, when I took over the church that I, that I took over now, I, I stopped that because they, you know, the adults would have church. I mean, they, they would do music and then they would break for coffee and then the, the children or the youth would go out and they would have a, uh, a time together. And from what I found out, it wasn't deep. It wasn't deep spiritual conversations. It was more play. And so I put a stop to that. I lost people at, at church because of that. They left the church. But, you know, I just, it was a real big belief for me not to do that. Uh, to me, there isn't a junior Holy Spirit, right? The same Holy Spirit that is in the adult church is in, you know, for, for the kids and, and everything else. So anyway, I know that's harder, but that's just the way things were, it seems like in, in the old days. So I don't know, don't mean to preach to you, but that's kind of where I came from that. Listen, if you want to look into Little House in the Big Woods, you can go to audiopreps.com and link it over there as well as other books or audio books that I recommend. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this episode. I said that this episode was going to talk about alternative cooking methods, but I said with a twist. And so let me kind of explain that to you. I've been mentioning all the month of um, January, I think I even mentioned it in December as well, that the exclusive email group was opening up here at the end of January. And so besides the great information that uh, and, and knowledge that is shared in the group through email, and it's an email group, we also have an online meetup through Zoom for those who like to do that. Now, it meets every other Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Now, the, all the members that are in the email group don't attend the online meetup, 
but it is a fun thing to do. I think we started doing it during COVID and it was just a really fun thing to do. It's fun to be able to interact with other people other than in email. And there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of information that is shared through email, but it's another thing when you get to see someone do it. So in preparation for this month and this time around, I asked group members who were interested to join me this last Tuesday to go through a Tuesday night that, you know, to share that like we normally do to share with the podcast listeners, to let them hear what it's like, right? We actually recorded video as well. And so the video will be up in YouTube and I'll link to that as well. If you want to go and, and kind of uh, see what the video was like, but there was 10 of us on, And some people turn on their cameras and their microphones and they're good with that. Others just talk without video. So like they turn their cameras off and, but their microphones on are on others just type in the chat and they're able to just, you know, like, Hey, I'm not, uh, I might not have my, my camera on, or I'm not talking, you know, with my microphone, but I can share, you know, information through chat. And we always read those. And then also there's some people that just come on just to listen and they don't, you know, I I guess if you want to call it lurking, they kind of lurk, but there is kind of like a regular thing as well. So I wanted to give you this experience and just kind of this idea. So you're going to hear it. But again, like I I mentioned, and you're going to hear us talking about alternative cooking methods. But then if you want to see it, you can go over to, to YouTube as well. We always do an icebreaker first, and it could it could be different things. Back when COVID was going on, uh, the the icebreaker was always like, "What's your local situation?" And so everyone basically we focused on food, but as we kind of went on, it would focus on other things. And sometimes we do different icebreakers and stuff like that, just to kind of set the mood and, and 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 get everyone talking. But then we go into our topic of you know alternative cooking, and there's some great ideas here. If you don't have alternative cooking methods in your in your preps, you need to have you know two, three, four different ways to cook so that you know you can always depend on you know, plan A, B, C, D uh, for all that. So normally when we do our online meetups, we usually go for about an hour, and that's about how long this one went. And so I uh, just wanted to give you an example of what it is like if you're on the fence of joining up and then on the fence of, you know, getting into Zoom. Uh, there's still some people that are very uh, like, hey, OPSEC, you know, and the whole deal. And that's why some people come in and, and they don't show their face. Uh, other people don't show uh, or they just type or whatever. Uh, some people don't get on the online meetup at, at, at all. And so there's probably some people in the email group who would like to see what it's like because we don't normally record it. This was a special one where we, we recorded it. I asked everyone's permission. I let them know, hey, this is what we're going to do. And everyone was good with it that came into it. So hopefully you enjoy this one. You hear, you enjoy hearing from different people and uh, it's a blessing to you. So let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Hey everyone. It's good to see everyone again on this uh, online meetup. Hey, so let's go ahead and get started. And the first question, you know, our kind of like our icebreaker, our opener here is going to be one that we normally look at, but it's like our local situation. And I remember when we started the exclusive email group, um, it was right when like COVID was really big and we were like, hey, what's the food situation like? And then it kind of just kind of grew from that. We don't always ask this one question for the icebreaker, but I think right now would be a good one. So what does the food on the shelves look like for you? What does fuel look like for you in your area? Uh, crime or anything else that you've noticed in your local situation, in your local area that uh, that you would like to uh, respond to. And I'm going to go ahead and just go down the list. And as uh, this is the, the the icebreaker, the opener, and uh, we'll just do just a little bit. You, a couple of sentences is fine. So, Brian, what about you? What What's your local situation like? Uh, see, gas is like up maybe like 22 cents in the last week. So we're looking at here in Michigan, Southeast Michigan at um, three, 3.49 a gallon. Uh, I just went to BJ's today. And if it, anybody's not familiar with BJ's, it's like a smaller version of a Costco or a Sam's Club. Every, every, they had plenty of food there, in, including a lot of stuff that you want in your long-term, long-term food storage. But prices, wow, that it's it's not really a huge savings right now to go there chicken was uh 2.29 a pound um you know, it was just i was a little bit of shocked at how much 
or how little sales they had there as far as price, you know, buying in bulk. And, and it's like, if you, it's almost every single little thing you put in your cart is between 15 and $20. You know, I know, I know that even like, you know, candy and stuff, every, it's just, I don't know what the thing was with the, with the $15, but it seems like every aisle I went down there, I, I kept noticing the, you know, the $15 price. Yeah, you remember when you used to be able to get candy bars for like two for a dollar, and now they're like one for like a dollar seventy five. You're like, what the heck? What's going on with that? All right, man. Yeah, I I feel you on the on the grocery store, Mick. What about you, man? What's going on in your area? Uh, the food shelves seem to be well stocked enough. I mean, I'm a little disappointed that the generic Lucky Charms isn't on the shelf, but I guess you know I'll, I'll get by <clears throat> with therapy. But I'll get by. Uh, I had a friend uh, who's a member of Sam's Club took me there, just keying off of what Brian said. And I was a little surprised that the prices weren't better than they were. Uh, I mean, I had shopped at Walmart just recently before that, where you could get the four packs of tuna cans for like $2.89. And at Sam's Club, it was actually higher. So you really got to know what you're buying. Because just because it's in a discount store doesn't mean it's actually going to be cheaper. So uh, other than that, groceries have been okay. Yeah, prices have been going up, but that's sort of normal. Gas has gone up, kind of like Brian said. It's gone up 22, 23 cents in a week or so. Although my cheapy station is now 309. So I guess I, I can't complain yet. So that's about it here. That's good. Um, well, we can jump to Jeff. Jeff's gas prices are always like around mine are. So I'll be curious to what he has right now. Same here. It's climbing up slowly. Uh, we're still under $3, $2.99. Uh, diesel's 384 Um, The other thing, you know, I went to Walmart this weekend with my wife and uh, I was shocked at how many eggs we had. <laughs> the week before they had almost none. So it was, you know, a, a pleasant surprise and, and everything seemed, seemed okay. As far as, you know, supply, um, they actually had a decent number of employees working the cash registers instead of the, just the dumb self checkouts. So it was nice. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of quiet here. Uh, the crime, all the neat stuff that we're so used to is it's pretty mellow. So, keep that between us you know in, in my area i would say the same thing so i i think before before christmas or around christmas i had mentioned in the email group that we had seen gas here go up 10 cents a day for like three days straight and then it kind of bottomed, bottomed out and i'm surprised yours is at 299 because ours is at 279 right now which um that's you know you, you that's good. I mean, I guess good for me compared to what you, what some of you guys are paying, but uh, two seventy nine there. So, um, the food food. I went to the grocery store this weekend, and it was everything was stocked. Like I didn't see anything crazy. Now back in December, there were times where like vegetable fruits and vegetables were there. Like you wouldn't have any tomatoes at all, and that was really weird in in my view. Um, because uh, although it's December, it's wintertime, all that kind of stuff, you'll always have tomatoes. We always, like this weekend, we had plenty of tomatoes. But I remember going to the store and there was like, you you wouldn't have any apples or you wouldn't have, and that could just be the supply, you know, the supplier not being able to, to, to bring it. But I just, you never see things like that before. I'm very blown away by the cost of not just groceries, but fruits and vegetables, where in the past you would like, okay, I want to eat healthy. And you're willing to do that. And you're still wanting to eat healthy. So you're willing to pay the extra money. But it's like things that you you know how much you paid for that just a year ago compared to where it's at now. It's kind of kind of a, a freaky thing. The other the thing that I am noticing that I don't like very much is the crime. And so I can't really put a finger to you know, whatever, but I'm just noticing more talk of it. So it's not it, it's it's. You see more of it in, in the news, but you also see it in social media. And some people would say because 
you know, we have social media, maybe you're looking for it, you notice it more. I don't think that's the case. I think I'm just noticing it more because there's more. And maybe that's I'm in Houston, big Metroplex, and, uh, you know, a lot of crazy things going on. But uh, that's one thing that I've noticed. But besides that, there's nothing, and, and I'll tell you, like, the crime hasn't touched me or touched my area, my neighborhood, or anything like that. I'm just noticing it in the big city overall. The thing, um, be, but kind of like what you were saying, Jeff, everything else is kind of quiet. You know, there's been times where things have happened in the world or in the state or in the city or whatever it is, and you have rumblings of people talking about it, like the water cooler talk. And there really hasn't been any of that recently. And so I think I kind of find that kind of interesting. So uh, kind of in the same spot. So Mike is uh, hanging in the in the chat and he said, things in the stores are pretty much the same as the new normal here in Southwest New Hampshire. Shelves are not full, but not as empty as they have been. Gas is 309 a gallon. Crime is low as as normal. All right. So that's, that's good there. I'm going to jump to Linda. What's it like uh, your local situation? Uh, so I checked out both the commissary and Walmart. Uh, commissary seemed pretty good, including eggs, although it was less than I normally see, but you could certainly get those. Walmart, um, the only thing I noticed is that like the cold medication was really wiped out. It was very hard to find any. Um, you could get some things like Advil and Tylenol, but otherwise. Um, and our uh, gasoline, I might win this tonight. We're to three three seventy nine. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I paid today. That's the lowest, you know. <sighs> Anyhow, um, I, this is not local, but I wanted to mention that the American Dental Association sends out a little newsletter once a month, and their last newsletter um, mentioned that amoxicillin is in short supply. Um, before we came on tonight, I actually went on to the largest uh, supplier dental products and you could still purchase it there so um it, if they mention that's a short supply it probably is because it's a national you know a national magazine just wanted to mention that for people who might have problems or issues that's good thanks for pointing that out um that, that that's really interesting so um you also pointed out the the cold medication and i would recommend anyone who is you know, who's, who's online, who's listening. Um, you, you want to do that. I mean, especially for kids, the children's Tylenol and stuff that is nowhere to be found. And so I, I went to, you know, my mom is very sensitive to medication. I went to go find some children Tylenol or for her and she, she could not, I could not find any. So, um, you know, if you can find it, pick it up, or if you've, you have grandkids or whatever, you definitely want to have some maybe so you can, if you see it, you can share that with them. All right. Uh, thanks, Linda. So NF, what about you? What's the, what's it like where you're at? So I'm in the big city here in New York City. So crime is always high. There's always plenty of people dying from lead poisoning. Um, and uh, we naturally we have, uh, you know, we, we are, you know, getting imported uh, Todd's uh, immigration issues from down there. You know, so we're getting them up here. So our local politicians are crying that, you know, oh, my God, is, you know, we need more money and so forth. I think that may be a cover or not a cover, but a good excuse to try to patch up other holes in the budget from COVID and such to try to get money from the federal government. Um, and then um, our food, it's about the same. I saw eggs for $7 a dozen. I know some people like Mick, you know, gets them for like pennies on the dollar, you know, over there. But um so and then I guess I thought I was going to beat everybody, but Linda beat me out. So you know, three twenty nine here in the big city. Um, sorry, Linda, I'm so sorry. Uh, I thought we had it bad. So um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, lock your doors, right? <laughs> that's why you know people are here. At least you know some of us don't. Some of us don't lock our doors for the cars. Doesn't make any sense to me. I think. Come on. Gotcha. Gotcha. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Sandra, what about you? Hey, good evening. Yeah. Um, so here in Northeast Tennessee, uh, we're not really seeing 
um, shortages as far as groceries. Uh, when you go to the grocery store, you can pretty much find what you need. Um, eggs are about, uh, I think you can get 18 eggs for $6. Mm. Um, our <laughs> Thankfully, we don't eat a lot of eggs, mostly on the weekends. Um, our gas is between $3 and five cents, $3 and 10 cents in that area there for unleaded. Uh, the crime rate here, uh, the town where we live in has 15,000 people and the crime rates really knock on wood pretty low. Um, the one thing that does concern me though, is that there is a high level of poverty um, so when you go shopping, uh, you know, and you're in the parking lot, you're like, it's likely that you will be approached by a parent with their children asking for money, um, asking for assistance. And so we do notice that there, there are a lot of people that are, that are in need here. And, and you know what, Sandra, I mean, I think that's, that's probably everywhere. I see a lot of that as well in different, different parts, um, here in Houston, but yeah, I, I can see that. All right. Um, yeah, our eggs are still a lot cheaper than $6. That's, that's crazy, but, uh, that's where we're at. So Cindy, I saw that you popped in here just a little bit late. What about you? Do you want to share about your local situation? Sure. Yeah. Gas is probably about Anywhere between three fifty, three seventy nine a gallon, um, and I've noticed in the stores there's a lot of things missing, and a lot of the things that are available have really went up in price. Um, eggs, probably lucky to find them under four dollars uh, for a dozen, and um, you know, and I do dehydrate and freeze dry and and save eggs as much as I can. I usually buy them from a, a farm store. Um, and so they're always a little bit more because of that. But, um, and the crime rate is just, it's just kind of crazy, actually. You know, there's a lot of shootings and stabbings and things more than I'm accustomed to. Not so much in the area I live, but in the bigger part of the city. So, um, I guess that's about it for me. All right. A lot of, a lot of interesting things going on. And of course we all in our areas all over the country, all have our own little pieces to deal with. So our main topic tonight was alternative methods of cooking. And uh, that's going to be a big deal. If, uh, especially if they get rid of our gas stoves, right. I, I don't want, I don't want to lose my gas stove, but uh, you know, what do you, what do you have? What are you going to use for alternative methods of cooking. And so I'll just open it up in, you know, on the floor and whoever wants to kind of start and share what they plan on using. All right, I'll go first. So, I mean, outside of the normal barbecue grill, I'm sure they're going to outlaw that since it uses propane. So, um, you know, I have various camping cook stoves if I needed to lots of, propane and the extra dual fuel type stove, Coleman stoves. Um, I do have the little screw on gas bottles for the little miniature camping stoves. Um, I forget jet fuel or jet boil or that type of fuel. Um, but I've also been stocking firewood and, uh, you know, I've got an outdoor fire pit that I could easily grill on. So I've got about, five or six truckloads sitting in the backyard. So, so you're, you're set in a, in a, I think a, so. A lot of different, a lot of different areas. I think so. Does your grill have a burner on the side? Yes. Yeah. All right. Who yeah. Else? I bought one of those gas grills that has the burner on the side. I didn't have that before, but I wanted to have that as my uh, summer cooking alternative because I've got the wood stove that I can cook on in the wintertime, but if it's July, I'm not going to make that a fire. So I've got the uh, the grill for cooking outside, but had uh, got one of these 
little put the twigs in and make the fire thing. So if it's summertime and I don't have fuel, I can cook over that. I think I boiled water in like six or seven minutes. So it's pretty quick. And then uh, one of those little uh, one pound tank topper things that Jeff was talking about. That's my, it's winter and I don't want to go outside and get the, uh, the sticks. Or it's a dark and stormy night and I don't want to go outside and get the sticks. So this is my indoor cooking alternative. So I've got several depending on whether it's warm or cold outside. Have you ever used that one? Have you ever cooked with the, that last one that you showed uh, that screws on to the one pound bottles? Um, I don't think I've actually cooked so much as just boiled water to make sure that I could. My, my concern with something like that is just, you know, I would want to keep it really secure to where it could top over, you know, topple over, you know. They sell the base for those propane those one pound propane uh, tanks where you yeah. can kind of, you sit it on and then it's a, it's a bigger base provides more area. Um, yeah, but I'm cheap. I was going to make one out of a two by 12 or something, just bandsaw hole for it to sit in. There you go. There you go. It's tough being cheap. Well, you know, is, is it cheap or frugal? Which one is it? Well, it depends on whose brochure you're reading. <laughs> Very good. Does anyone have anything that they're that they're not using or that hasn't been said? I think, Sandra, were you going to say something there? I've got a uh, rocket stove. Okay. Uh, it's a heavy rocket stove. Um, it uh, stands about three feet tall, wrought iron. Uh, you load your wood uh, down below. And uh, you can put just a little uh, screen or something, some kind of a grill on top, and you can sit your pots or whatever. I haven't used it yet, uh, but it's heavy duty. Um, so you could set it up if it was windy, um, you know, if the weather was poor, you know, you would just need shelter. But, um, and I've got a, um, a couple of big boxes of fatwood to help get the fire started. And uh, so I, we could do that. And then I also have um, butane, uh, a butane stove for indoors with a, a case of butane, tanks of butane fuel, if we had to use it. You know, so the, the butane, uh, I think I, I, the one that I purchased was gas one, I think, Um and so I, I guess I purchased that one after seeing uh, a couple of uh, videos on YouTube where uh, I guess there were the people that were, they're based in Asia somewhere and they were using a lot of those and that's what they, they use in their small apartments and things like that. And I'm like, man, that, you know, what, let me look into that. They weren't very expensive. The gas stoves weren't very expensive at all. I mean, of course the, you have the fuel and stuff to, uh, to purchase and sometimes you can get those on sale. I haven't tried it. Have you tried cooking on that butane stove yet, Sandra? I sure have. Uh, we had a power outage in February of last year. And uh, yeah, I got out my butane stove and uh, uh, brewed coffee in the percolator. Uh, got out my percolator coffee pot. Um, I was able to grill some sandwiches on a skillet. Uh, cook some eggs. Um, it worked really great. It's uh, easy to use and um, it hardly uses any fuel at all. Um, so I have to say even one small tank lasts a long time. Okay, that's good. That's interesting. Mike in the chat said, I plan on using a camping stove or my gas grill in the summer as well as an outdoor wood stove I use for boiling maple syrup. In the winter, I would use the wood stove. All right. Good stuff there. Yeah, and I like to include using, besides using my grill or the um, the wood stove in the winter months, sun oven works real good, too, and an earthen oven for, like, baking in that I worked on last summer. Still got a little fine-tuning to do on it, but, you know. And also looking to purchase... Um, a heater that the top can be removed as it runs by propane can be used as a heater or you can remove the top and cook on it. I can't remember the brand right now. Okay. That's interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen that one before. Yeah. It could be the little buddy heater, you know, 
that works it, for it's everybody similar. on YouTube. Yeah, it's similar. Yeah. <laughs> Linda says no. Linda thinks she knows which one it is. Which yeah, one? I don't remember the name. Provident <laughs> Preppers did one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. What else, Linda? Were you? Did you have something else? You were shaking your head that you. I thought you were shaking your head that you had something else. Yeah, so um, I do have a sun oven, but I live in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, and last year, between the 1st of January and the 1st of April, we only had three days of sun. Oh, it's not a sunny area, and it's not a good option for us. So I got a rocket stove, um, and I got a thermal cooker. Um, and I've had very good success with that. Um, so the rocket stove would boil the water in the thermal cooker, and then you could complete the... eight. It limits the amount of fuel it takes because you only have to cook it for maybe 10 to 20 minutes um, to bring it to a boil. And that you could cook rice in there and you can cook meat. I've done, you know, like um, chicken breasts and baked potatoes and things like that um, in the thermal cooker. So that works very well for me. And I, I do have the sun oven, but I'm limited as to when I can use it. Although I have tried many things in it. So the walk us through the thermal cooker again. Is that the one that's uh, in that round cylinder that all we see? Yeah. Saratoga Jacks is the brand that I got. Um, the hay box cooking is another term for it, where you, you have to heat the um, ingredients, whatever it is that you're making. You actually have to heat it in water somehow. Um, and once it's in that, you heat it for a period of time, depending on the size. If you cut up, for instance, your chicken breast into pieces, you don't have to cook it as long. If you leave them whole, it would be more like 20 minutes at a boil. You simply cover it. It's like a great big thermos. And you, you put it in there. And they this one has two parts to it. So you can cook rice on top and, you know, your baked potatoes and chicken in the bottom. And then it goes into this thermos cylinder um, I do cover mine with towels or uh, things like that to, to try and keep it um, as hot for as long as possible. So it will cook and you have to eat it in about six to seven hours, but it probably cooks in about two. So, yes, it's slower, um, but if you plan it, um, you can do this on top of your um, rocket stove just using twigs. And it brings it to a boil pretty fast and then you can cook your whole meal in that nice yeah i have not tried bread or anything i i've bread in the sun oven which is fine but of course everything turns out pale <laughs> yeah so can nothing you, can you do bread in the thermal cooker uh they say you can i haven't tried that okay that would be interesting yes michael said i have the heavy rocket stove 51 pound tanks for three Coleman stoves and ability of fire pits with lots of wood at main location. Yeah. Has, has anyone. Um, so when you were talking about the thermal cooker, Linda, it reminded me about the wonder ovens. And so I know that I've talked about this on the podcast before, but basically you can make your own, uh, you can buy yes. them on Amazon if you want to, you know, spend the money for it, but you can also make your own where basically it's just a big bag of insulation and you cook your food and you heat it up and you put it in there and then you kind of just insulate it uh, and you, you leave it there to, uh, to go ahead and, and, and to cook. Has anybody, does anyone have one of those and have you ever used one? Nope. No one. No, I, I've been thinking, I haven't tried this, but I have an electric, um, you know, like a, an instant pot. And they're very insulated. And I wonder if you can't take that inner part out and heat it up and then put it inside the instant pot and then cover it without, if you already have that, without going to the expense of purchasing the other kinds of things. Okay. I think the kind that you're talking about is harder to insulate that. It's harder than you think. It takes a lot of layers do that but yes i've seen people do it but i i haven't tried it yeah there's usually like in a box and sometimes you can even put it in a like an igloo um and that would insulate it even more so that's that's something to, to use there i'll go go ahead brian 
look what I did. I kept my mouth shut for so long. It was hurting me. It's so, <laughs> all the pain on your face. It's all the pain on your face. So I got all the camping gear, right? Because I was doing the hiking and, and reviews on YouTube and all that. So my favorite out for hiking was the solo stove. Um, it, it, I, I like the idea of just being able to heat. You know, it was for one person, you know, for lunch or whatever, with just twigs and sticks that you pick up without having to do any real effort. Um, here at the house, I was realizing, and it's funny, I never thought of this until this, until this meetup, everything I have, and I have a lot, I have, it's all outside. So I have a, a, a gas grill, a Weber grill with charcoal. I have a Blackstone uh, griddle, which, which is my favorite tool, but it, it uses a lot of propane. Um, I have the, the double burner camp chef that I use for canning and stuff. And you can use that. And, and I've also used it for my, the, when I tap my trees. And then uh, I also got that one that you were just talking about, Todd, where it's, it's, it's like, it's like the Coleman, but it, it, it has, you have to get that off brand to get both butane and um, propane on it. I forgot the brand you just said. Gas one. Gas one. So I have that. And then, uh, then I have a fire pit in the backyard. And uh, like Jeff, I don't even have a fireplace, a gas fireplace in the, I mean, a, a wood fireplace in the, in the house, but I still keep the wood back there just for that type of situation. And as far as I know, that gas one, you're not supposed to use in the side, at least that's what mine showed. So, and I, and I, I want to get a gas stove now that they're going to make them illegal, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, I don't have anything in the house that I can cook in the house, maybe in a garage or for sure in a garage, but uh, I, it just dawned on me. So unless, unless that is good, I, um, and you could probably get away with using like one of my small rocket stoves that uses, uh, oh, and also I have the Sterno and all that. I th I'm sure you can use Sterno in the house, but nothing, nothing significant for inside the house, you know, during a power outage or something. Yeah. The, the butane stoves, you know, and it's usually just a one, you know, one grill type thing, one burner stove or uh, top, you can use those in inside. I mean, you always want to ventilate or whatever, but um, like, like I said, the, the reason I just came to my mind because you do, you really weren't seeing a lot of people in the preparedness community talking about them, but I was watching, I don't know, maybe I was trying to learn how to cook something, you know, like a Chinese dish or something. I was just watching a lot of videos and people were using these. And now, really, if you look at cooking videos, you know, people who that that have uh, like a cooking YouTube channel or whatever, you'll see those type of stoves as well, because the way that they have their camera set up and everything, it's not, you know, they don't want to you know, actually film themselves on their on their stove. So they have a burner that they're cooking from. So I think I think those are would be a good alternative to uh, cooking in the wintertime. In the summertime, you definitely don't want to cook inside because you're just going to heat up your house and you're just going to make things miserable. So I think that's, you know, that's one of the things you always want to keep in mind. But in the wintertime, you want to have some options. So was it Slappy Joe's? The video you've seen? The, the video that I was looking, looking at? Because I, I got a video where I made a one-pot Sloppy Joe from everything out of my pantry using that stove. So I was curious, maybe that's what you saw. No, that's not that's not the one that I saw. That's the one you missed. That's the <laughs> one you should have saw. <laughs> Sloppy Joe's. No, no. So um I think you you brought up the sterno thing, right? And so one of the things I remember from from cooking as a as a Boy Scout, we made our own little our own little stove with a, a number 10 can, and you poke the holes on the top, and I mean, of course, it's flipped over, and then you put a, a hole in the bottom of it to where you can put a sterno in there. But we actually created our own sternos by getting a, uh, I don't know, maybe like a tuna fish can or something along those lines, putting cardboard in there and then burning wax and filling it up with wax. And that sucker would last for a long time. I remember going on a Bo Boy Scout trip that that's all I used to cook and it, it worked fine. I mean, I was able to use it all weekend long without any problems at all. So that's something that anyone, if you're like on a, on a budget, you can make that with, with 
all different kinds. I mean, it's just easy. You just need a number 10 can and a, another 10 can to put cardboard in and, and a candle and you're ready to go. So has anyone, does anyone have experience with that one there? Maybe Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or something? I'd make a good video. Make it, yeah. I mean, I think I was I was really close to making a video one time and I just didn't wind up doing it. But it's really easy to make. It's really easy to make. And uh again, a lot of the times people are, are worried about cooking on a on a, a budget or I'm sorry, prepping on a budget. And so that would be a real easy one to make so that I have a backup alternative for your cooking needs. I, I've made one. I use the uh the really large can of uh baked beans. Okay. And uh put the holes in it and uh, cut a block of wood so it would stabilize it, you know, after you put all the cans in it and uh, put a candle in it. So, so you it just, works. It works. You used a candle instead of a sterno. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I used one of those. I think they're what the 17 hour emergency candles or something like that. Okay. That would and, work. I'm curious what um, they do in New York. If, NF wants to elaborate. I think they probably use like burning cars or tires during the riots and stuff. Nah, no, we just grab one of the guys trying to steal your car and you know light them on fire, and <laughs> we get about seven hours of burn out of a healthy <laughs> out of a healthy male. Um, and we don't even have to use a wick. But I would like to mention that um, that Brian in the garage cooking on an open fire. Uh, we want a video of that because you might want to document all those propane canisters going up. So um, please be careful. That one of them could be leaking and, uh, and it's perfect to go boom. So, uh, but uh, for my plans, I, I plan to buy a, a, a wood stove. So trying to figure out how to do the in-between thing, you know, like uh, be able to heat up the house in the wintertime and not heat up the house in the summertime. So I'm thinking in closing a porch, maybe with like a removable wall with some openings and a fan, maybe. But I guess that don't work if the power is out. But that's the plan. So that's probably the best option. What have y'all done in the past, though? I mean, like legit, when you've had, I, don't, I can't remember if you were affected by Hurricane Sandy or not, but, you know, when you've had issues, maybe, the you know, the lights have been out or whatever, what have you done in the past to cook? Or are you just eating cold ravioli? <laughs> ravioli, uh -huh. I see. I feel racist. Okay, so. <laughs> FYRD, um, whatever, man. But, um, I mean, when the lights went out in 2003, we had natural gas still. Okay. So the stove to work, the lights were off. Um, and, um, you know, we have uh, charcoal and, and a grill, but we don't use it really. But it's there. I'm not sure how long that charcoal would be good for. I'm going to have to go test it. Um, but um, I don't know. I know before the stove before the stove shows up, I do have a nice generator to run our our um, electric stove. So, I mean, that's an overkill, but... It's an option. Okay. As long as there's gas, my stove, I can light. It has batteries, so it's not electronic ignition to light the burners um, for as long as there's gas anyhow. But I, um, I have a lot of paraffin because I used to make and sell a lot of candles and a lot of beeswax. So I've been saving containers to um, make some <laughs> candles. Um I mean, it takes a little longer. If, I mean, if you have several candles, it doesn't take as long to, to heat up food. But um, I don't know, maybe Jeff, did you use several candles, Jeff, when you did it? Nope, just one. Just one? Did it take a while? Well, I, did, I didn't try to cook on it. I was okay. just seeing how much heat it would produce. Okay. There, there you go. No one said alcohol stove. Um or like a penny stove. I mean, you see a lot of videos online about that. I mean, you really, you're going to use that to heat up some water, uh, you know, like one cup of water or whatever. But if you're a solo, you know, you live by yourself. I mean, that's something you could do inside, um, you know, on a kitchen counter. If you were careful, that's something you could do on a, on a patio. If you lived in an apartment um, and you can make those too, that, that would be something that you could do. Yep. And it's, it's, it's heat, H 
what is it called? Oh, how do you spell? Is it A T E T? Um, that yeah. elk. It's like it's like an uh, antifreeze type of thing. Alcohol. You get it. You get it from the um, automotive. Store. I just remember years ago, yeah. kept I kept seeing a couple of videos where they were using that, and I was walking around Walmart trying to find this stuff in the camping site. It it's an automotive section. Really? So just in case, no, I don't. I think is it called heat, Jeff? I'm sure you probably know. It's like a yellow. Looks kind of like a like what you would use for a power steering unit or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Frank made me think of something as a, as a truck driver for all these years, I want to say if you're eating cold food, that's cooked, I'm not saying raw food, but like leftovers or, or, or a fully cooked something or another that you've stored in your pantry, not 99% of what you eat cold, I mean, that you heat up, you can eat cold. I, I've been doing it for years. I mean, it doesn't matter. Spaghetti, pizza, burritos, soup, chili, whatever. It, it's, yeah, you can, you, you don't have to heat that stuff up. So if, in my case, I would probably eat what I could cold to preserve whatever fuel that I needed, whether it be propane or, you know, wood or whatever. So I thought I would, I would bring that up because I know uh, I know a lot of people think it's you know like oh I can't believe you're eating that cold but it's really not that bad once you you know just yeah it, yeah it depends if it's in the middle of winter man I'm gonna want some warm chili <laughs> <laughs> not some cold chili well everybody should have some of that heat on hand I mean whether you're using it for a cook stove or whatever we use it around here because it keeps your fuel from freezing in your vehicle right so. Yeah, I but mean, if you can find another purpose for it, all all power to you. I, I I do believe you can use regular alcohol though in an alcohol stove. Yeah, so you you can do that. Yep. There there are a lot of different ways to to uh, to do it. I think one of the things I was looking at an old video that I uh, an interview that I recorded with Michael Bunker, and he just talked about the different you know way the the, the philosophy and and really we. We have that in the preparedness community. Um, he was talking about his bunker principles, but we have that in the preparedness community when we talk about three is two, two is one, one is done, but just different ways of doing things. But his idea was you have that one conventional way that you would always do things. So maybe it is uh, you have, you know, you, you use your, your stove in your kitchen, you know, your gas stove. And then from there, you would go to the second option you know, would be a, a less, uh, a more primitive way, but it's still a decent way of cooking. It might be one of your camping stoves. And then from there, it would be, okay, if you can't use that or if that runs out, then you're building a fire and you're able to, you know, cook on that fire and, and you're, you're able to use your, your fire pit and things like that. But just kind of understanding that the philosophy is like, if I can't do it this way, I can do it this way. And adding those to your to your preps, I think is is just very beneficial. I don't I don't know if a lot of people really think about all the different ways that they can cook. I think if we all kind of sat down and we we had a list, we would have more than three, you know, five, six, seven different ways of of, of cooking. I wanted to ask Mick um, because you you talked about the wood stove and NF talked about. Um, getting a wood stove. And I know there's a lot of people maybe that have wood stoves and maybe they don't even really cook with them. What are some tips on cooking on your wood stove that you can share? Um, it can take longer than you think just because you're, you're getting your pot hot on top of a hot stove and you have to keep it stoked up. So it's good if it's winter time for that. Uh, I have also baked bread in my wood stove with a Dutch oven. Uh, I've got a, an oven thermometer that I don't need anymore because I got a new oven that actually tells you the right temperature. But the little uh, little oven thermometer, I could put that in my wood stove down in the corner and just see, am I up around 450 or whatever I want it to be? And then you just kind of play in with the coals, add a little bit of wood if you need it. And yeah, I've baked bread in the wood stove too. So you can cook on top like a single range oven because I don't have a big wood stove. Uh, <clears throat> like 
Brian was saying you don't have to cook it, so I can heat up soup or canned green beans or whatever just to warm it up. But I've I've also boiled water to do rice. I mean, you can do it. Just have to usually get it a little hotter than you think. Yeah, that's interesting. So I guess your the opening where you throw your wood in is a little bit bigger. Then. Oh yeah, I'm getting in 16 inch logs, so it's uh, it's a wide door. Okay, so you can get you can get that Dutch oven in there. Oh yeah. All right, sounds. Good. I was going to mention uh, since uh, Brian mentioned trucking, another thing that I didn't drag out for show and tell was I got a uh, a 12 volt sauce pot. Uh, it's one of those uh, trucker items because they like to uh, brew coffee and do things in their truck. So I got one of those so that if I had to, I could cook with solar power because I could run it off my battery bank. So if it was a dark and stormy night and I didn't want to have a gas stove or flame in the house, I could use uh, the 12 volt pot. So is, so is it a pot or is it like a, um, cause you see those that, that will keep your coffee warm. Is it no. something like that? Or is it like a, a legit pot? No, it's a legit pot. I got uh, I got one of those little heater coil things for my wife because she doesn't drink her coffee very fast. So she likes to be able to heat it up in the car and be good to go. And that, that thing works pretty fast. Like within a minute, her coffee's too hot to drink. Yeah. So that works pretty fast. The The little pot, though, it's, no, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe one quart. And I boiled rice in it, you know, things like that. I mean... Like Brian said, you could just eat it cold out of the can like a college kid. You don't have to cook it. But for things like rice or uh, doing cream of wheat or something like that, you're going to want to boil it. That would be that would be a good option um, to have, especially someone who has, you know, a battery bank or something along those lines, a Jackery or, you know, one of the goal zeros or whatever that are out there. Do you remember the the name of it? Um, what, the little pot? Yeah. Well, let me disappear and see if I can find it. <laughs> okay. Um, there, there is a website that is just for RV. Um, I, I mean, I mean, people who do RVs and, and truckers or whatever. And so they, they sell nothing but 12 volt stuff. So if you ever wanted to look into that one, I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, that would be kind of interesting where you could find things like that. Um you got to be real careful with the reviews because there's been times where I've, I've found something on there. I'm like, man, that's really interesting. And I go over to Amazon and I want to go look for some real reviews and the reviews aren't really, really good, but I mean, you know, there you go. What are you going to do with it? So I thought that was something interesting while Mick is is pulling that he remind. Okay. There it is. What is it? What's it called? Burton. Hey, that's a pretty big, it looks pretty big, man. Yeah. You can get a quartz. You can get a cork in there. Wow. Okay. Now they they sell it for making popcorn, but I'm not making popcorn. Although you could. Yeah. So, so how long did it take uh, to heat up the water on that one? I think it was like 10, 12 minutes. Okay. But it's got the uh, cigarette lighter adapter on. Yeah. So if you've got a car, you can make popcorn or rice or cream of wheat. I I I got another one. So our power went out. I don't think it was last year. It might have been the year before. And I have, I have that big buddy, but I also have a, a kerosene indoor uh, heater. And it's really like three in one, right? So we put it in front of the, the fireplace, the useless fireplace on the, on the stones. And it provided heat really for this whole side of the house and then the light obviously and we slept in the in the living room on the couches but i also made my coffee on it in the morning by putting a pot on top of it it's got flat enough surface it wouldn't bring the water to a boil but it got it hot enough to where you know you would you'd be careful drinking it so you could heat food up on and uh, you'd have to be careful you know but you you can heat food and water on top of one of those kerosene heaters if it, if anybody's like debating on whether or not they want one or not. Good idea there. <clears throat> so Mick, when Mick was sharing his pot, it gave me uh, it reminded me about a Christmas present that I received a couple of years back from my uh, 
my sister-in-law and it was one of those coffee cups that connected to the 12 volt in your car to keep your coffee hot. And at that time I was drinking a whole lot of coffee. And so they knew that. And these were, this was before like the Yetis and all those, you know, vacuum sealed uh, cups were there that would, you know, keep your coffee hot for half the day. So I used, I remember we're coming off a Christmas break. I plugged it in, took it to, took it to work. I'm getting out of the truck at work and I took a drink and it scalded me so bad. It was like, my tongue was so burnt. It was, it was, man. So that sucker, like you said, Mick, it heats it up really hot. Like you, you know, for your wife's coffee. And that's another thing. So you like, you can put water in that and heat it up if you needed to use that for, you know, dehydrated food or, or, you know, tea or coffee or whatever, that would really, really work. So if you found something like that, and even like right now during, you know, it's after Christmas or whatever, you found that on sale somewhere, that would be something you would want to purchase and just kind of have, you could use that if you, if you had a, a way to uh, plug it into a 12 volt somewhere. All right. Anybody else have any other ideas before we kind of wrap up here? All right. So I, I wanted to end with one uh, one last question. And really, I, I wanted to say, first of all, thank you to all of you that, that are here tonight, because really, this was a special online meetup. And it was special for the purpose of uh, the podcast and putting it out there and letting other people know that it's a benefit of being in the, the exclusive email group. So um, I wanted to I wanted to ask you uh, what are maybe some benefits that you have felt personally from being in the email group, and we'll just kind of you know wrap up with that last question. Now I'll just open it up and throw it out there if there's anybody who wants to share, and uh, kind of go from there. Well, I'll start because I like to talk. So. <laughs> If I remember right, this you started that pre-COVID, right? Where it was just we was just moving into the COVID era. Is that right? I, I think so. I think yeah, you're right. Because it was shortly after it had started, and I'm you know I, I've been prepping for quite a while, and I thought I was pretty caught up on everything, and then somebody mentioned before it was really in the news. I mean, it wasn't like oh, it's coming our way. It's in China real bad. I mean, it was, and somebody mentioned, um, I don't remember if it was hand sanitizer or um, nitrile gloves, one of them. And, and, I, and I was severely lacking in that. In that. So I managed to um, get stocked up on that before they left the shelves, before nobody could find it. You know, I, I had plenty of toilet paper and all that, but just that one little email right there saved, saved me and my family a lot of heartache, you know, because, well, it, it wasn't really a been heartache, but it probably wasn't even necessary, but you know what I'm saying? The, that little, everybody's sharing what they've seen and heard on that email group. And a lot of times we're looking off to the right and here comes something, you know, off to the left and, and, uh, it makes you check things out and, and, and it comes in very handy. I, I did want to mention a couple of things real quick, since this is for people that are not on the list that may be thinking about it. This is the only time we've ever recorded any of these. None, none of the, none of our zoom meetings are recorded. So this is a one-time thing. You don't have to put your real name. As you can see, NF, we have no idea who that is. We're pretty sure he was a, uh, secret agent or something, but you don't have to use your real name. You don't have to use your video. You can use a chat or you can just come on and wa watch and keep your camera and your mic off. It, it's all good. I just wanted to throw that in just in case that was not clear. So Michael said, Hey, I learned three new things, which will help tremendously tonight. That is what the sharing is all about. And the other Mike said, the ideas and the news blurbs you get from other members, also, also the community of like-minded people. So benefits of, of the email group. And the community of like-minded people is really important. And I usually read what people share. I don't always comment, but I learn a lot from what people share. And I just, I really value what people are sharing because none of us know everything. And it, it really can just be beneficial. 
and I'm just role playing Paul. Thanks. I'm really surprised that uh, the email group is very civil because every every time you get a lot of people behind an email and behind a keyboard, once in a while somebody goes off the rails. So we've been, you know, we've kept the train on the tracks um, with the. You know, without the crazy theories and actually practical things, actionable things we can do. And then the Zoom, honestly, just kind of, it reminds me like a, a very civil, like family get together. Like every two weeks, it's like Thanksgiving. And um, we get together and it's it's all civil and, and no one yells at each other across the across the turkey. So um, it's um, very surprising if, you know, I was definitely surprised And I got on the mailing list just before the Zoom came on. And I was really surprised. Um, the camaraderie of folks that we all are very diverse uh, geographically and otherwise. So just want to say that. Cool. I'll go. So I think the uh, the group kind of saved me from burnout because I was prepping by myself, which a lot of people are. And I thought I knew it all, thought I was ready. So, you know, as, as you get more into the group and you start reading all the emails that come in, sometimes it gets crazy. And sometimes it's really quiet and somebody sends out an email that says, where is everybody? <laughs> um, but, you know, you prepare to be wrong because there's a lot of knowledgeable people in this group. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's given me a chance to really kind of hone my skills and my my overall picture. And. Uh, you know, what was I doing wrong and uh, everything from the, the the guys that talk ham radio to, you know, the chefs in the, out there. And uh, so there's a lot of, like uh, Sandra said, there's a lot of diversity out there. Yes. So there's really a, a lot of professionals in, you know, like in different areas. Like we got a dentist here with us. Hi, Linda. Um, we've got medics, Sandra, weren't you, um, um, I don't know if that was you. Somebody was a combat medic and, and then we have, we have military. We have, if, in fact, when we just had that billion dollar thing, I don't even play the lottery, but I went ahead and played. I thought if I got that kind of money, I would buy enough property and start trying to get as many people off of that email group as I could to move onto my property for free. <laughs> And I think because it's, it's the kind of group that you would want in your local community. I mean, you'd have everybody gets along and, and everybody contributes. Everybody has, you know, their own, their own expertise and their, their own uh, ideas and stuff. So I, if, if, if everybody, the only way to make it any better is we've all lived in the same city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I think that was the point of it, man. It, it's from being in the preparedness community for so long. And I, I mean, I talk about this all the time is you got to be very careful about who you link up with. And then at, at the other same, the, the other side of that is um, you, you can't be out there uh, just a solo prepper. I mean, you need to have that, you know, to, to steal a word from, you know, church, you know, you have to have that fellowship because you will burn out. And so I think that was one of the, the big draws there that I was I found failing. You could go to the Facebook groups and you can do that and you would find the, the fighting, you know, you'd find people that would get on there and just start poking the bear. And you're like, I don't want to be a part of this junk. Right. And then you would, there's forums and forums like you really need to go to the forum every single day to figure out, you know, what, what has been added, but an email group, I mean, you get it right on your email on your phone. And so I just, you know, it, it just made a lot of sense. And I think um, it, it, it grew to something bigger than I thought, I thought it was going to be, you know? And so I'm really proud and I'm really glad. Like at first I felt like I had to answer every question I had to, I had to, uh, 
you know, make sure that people were talking and stuff like that. And very quickly, I realized, no, you don't have to. There's plenty of people here who have a lot of great information and experiences that I don't have. I mean, I live down here in in the Gulf Coast. I don't live up north and I don't have a wood stove and I can't I can't speak to those types of things. Right. So and there's a lot of times where we're, we're even in the Zoom where I'm learning things about, you know, like uh, the window coverings that you guys use up up north, you know, with the wintertime to, you know, seal your windows so the, the air doesn't come in and stuff like that. All those different kinds of things. So it's a lot of stuff that you're always learning. So I appreciate that. Well, we'll go ahead and end it there, guys. I again, like I said, I appreciate uh, all of you being on here, taking your your Tuesday night. I know it's not the the normal Tuesday night that we that we come on, but I appreciate you doing this and to to encourage other people to join if they if they want to. You know, I think that's always healthy. So uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that online meetup. Like I said, there's a lot of good stuff there. A lot of great people with a lot of knowledge, and that just. That's the tip of the iceberg, really. The online meetup, every you know, everything else is on the email group. So if you are interested in the email group, there is a link uh, that you can go to. It will be opened up. It's going to open up, uh, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning. It'll go for a week, and then it'll be shut down. So don't wait. There's always there's always people. They're like, Todd, I was going to sign up. I'm like, man, I, I said it was going to be a week, right? So don't wait. Go ahead and sign up if you want to sign up. And and then we'll get you in there and, and get you into the group. All right. And so uh, hopefully it's like I said, it was a blessing. Well, guys, that's it for episode 772. If you found this episode valuable, I would appreciate a review wherever you listen to the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And if you would like to support Ready Your Future, you can visit readyyourfuture.com forward slash support or check the link in the show notes. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you my blackout checklist to know what you should do before, during, and after the lights go out. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.